This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. We're back, baby. We're going to talk about this football game coming up on Monday night between the Patriots and the Bears. But first, I remind you, the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles, brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens, the one-stop shopping for 75 high-quality vitamins to help you start your day right. And also, betonline.ag, the fastest, easiest way to bet on sports. Greg, let's start where we've started the last several weeks. That is Mac Jones on the practice field, looking mobile, Is he back in the saddle on Monday night? Sure seems like it. I mean, things can change and they will. uh, A lot of this injury stuff is, uh, you know, testing, seeing how they bounce back, that sort of thing. Houses. I mean, it's one thing they've been they've been off. This is the first time they've been on the practice field um, or on the field since the game. So uh, I'm sure Mac feels great. Now, how does he feel tomorrow? That's another test. Um, One thing that I wanted to point out to people. And, um, you know, also Nick wasn't on the, uh, the, the pod that I recorded the other day, uh, just something to point out because there's been a lot of discussion or there were, there was before today about how all the reporters in Cleveland said that Mac looked terrible on Sunday on the field, throwing and things like that. And, uh, I just wanted to make sure that that people understand how that could happen because basically what we've seen on the practice field every week, he's made a little bit more uh, progress. And then all of a sudden on Sunday game day, he didn't look good. And then, you know, some people were speculating, I don't even know if he's going to be able to play against the bears. Um, You know, how does that square up with him being better today and, and, you know, just progressing and, and as usual. So, what people need to understand, and this is both my experience covering the league and also my my own personal experience with the, I, I've more than a few times I've had severe ankle sprains that I've had to come uh, come back from. And basically with every NFL athlete, at some point in time when you're coming back from an injury, there's basically, you know, they try to strike the right balance between, uh, hey, we want you to heal up, but also at some point we got to we got to test it. We got to see what it can do. You know, we, you know, we don't want you to hurt it further. So we're going to let you rest. But at some point in time, they say, all right, we got to push it to see what's going on here. And I think either, either Friday at practice or possibly Saturday in the hotel at Cleveland, they usually have a big ballroom. They go through walkthroughs and stuff like that. At some point, either Friday or Saturday, was Max sort of push it day to see like, could he play against right. the Browns? It also could explain why he traveled to Cleveland that they said, all right, let's try it once we get to Cleveland and then we'll see uh, worst case scenario. You're on the sidelines, you know, what have you. And so I think they tried it and uh, you know, they just said, you know, in the middle of it, at the end of it, you're not moving around well enough. Like let's pull the plug on this. And then what you saw on Sunday in Cleveland was sort of the aftermath of that, that he was sore and things like that. But that's not a bad thing. That doesn't mean it's a setback. That's part of the the biggest thing with these ankle injuries is getting the strength back. So at some point, you've got to push it. That's why they keep them on their feet all the time. Like you don't just go into a boot and have a leg up with an ankle sprain. They put you right back on your feet because you they want you to get your strength back as soon as possible. Right. And so testing that, uh, you know, and, and max recovery – that's part of the strengthening. And then today you see the videos out of practice. I mean, he's sprinting, he's moving around. I bet you he's going to feel like crap tomorrow. But again, 
taking a step forward to go back and all that stuff. That's all necessary with this type of injury. All right. Aside from the health, because we, we have to imagine that everybody has Mac Jones's health in the forefront of their mind as far as whether or not he's going to play. Watching the film, I know Jeff Howe, our friend, reported that uh, he will be the starting quarterback when he is healthy. Does the film justify that, Greg? Yeah, and I and I sort of laid it out in the last podcast, but I also you know wanted to give you sort of um, you know your your chance to give share your opinion on this, Nick, because I'm sure the people want to hear it and I want to hear it. Uh, but you know, to me, clearly the film shows that that Mac is to me, he's clearly the starter. I don't even think Bailey Zappi is competition for him. I mean, uh, you know, unless Mac's playing terrible, um, that's something else. And I don't expect him to, again, I think, uh, you know, and we're going to talk about this with you because I want to get your perspective on this, but I think this is all about context. And I think, first of all, people have forgotten how good Mac was. And I'm not saying he was great, but for where he was, a rookie and and all that stuff and and with surrounded by a bunch of new guys in the offense two new receivers two new tight ends um you know the 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 offensive line had terrible issues through about the first half of last season um similar to like the first few games this year uh they've rectified it a lot quicker this year uh to me mac um just does everything better than Bailey Zappi, including, you know, Zappi does a, I will say you could make the argument that Bailey Zappi is better than Mac Jones as far as his pocket calmness and presence. But it's hard to say that definitively because he hasn't been under duress. He's barely gotten rushed in these two games. I mean, the numbers clearly bear that out. We, we saw him get sped up one time in the two games Um, after the strip sack the the drive right after that he rushed some of his throws he had a, he airmailed Devonte Parker which wasn't a terrible play considering the coverage he airmailed Hunter Henry that's the only time he's been exposed to oh man these guys could actually hit me in the NFL I need to I, you know I get sped up a little bit and I I think Max Max arm is better even on some of uh, Bailey Zappi's biggest throws the uh, the two throws to Jacoby Myers that I broke down on BSJ today, they're the same play, same formation in the second and fourth quarters. One, Jacoby Myers comes across the field. The other one, he breaks out. On both of those passes, you can see sort of Bailey Zappi's arm limitation. It takes a while for the ball to get there, and it loses energy on both passes. Um, but, you know, to me, Mac, Mac is clearly the starter. And here's, here's my question for you, Nick. And, you know, give me your opinion on 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 this whole thing. But also, I want to know, because you talk to the people, you are one of the people when it comes to the Patriots, you're I would say you're more uh, you definitely come with more of a fan hat than I do. And and so I just want to understand, like, why why do fans refuse when things are bad, they'll do it. But when things are good, they refuse to put things in their proper context, like the two worst defenses in the NFL that the, that the Patriots and Zappi just played. Why do they cast that off? But, you know, say if Zappi went against the hardest offense uh, defenses in the league, I'm sure they would put, take that into consideration. I just don't understand it. Cause clearly, you know, and also not only is it the opponent, but the amount of play action three times more for Bailey Zappi that we were begging earlier in the season for Mac Jones, uh, the amount of motion, the, uh, Mac Jones was was 
asked to throw down the field a lot more and against much tougher defenses. I just don't understand the lack of context um, in some of these conversations. I think it's a, a justifiable question to ask. And, and I think, you know, there's a lot of different answers dependent on which fan you're talking about. I think some fans look at analytics as nerd stuff and they go, yeah, whatever. And they just kind of push it aside. I think some fans just don't have the time because of their lives. They've got children, they've got full-time jobs to sit down and watch film. So they, they, they go to the, like kind of the, the, common denominator of stuff, the lowest common denominator and, and the low hanging fruit, so to speak. I think some of it is, you know, right. he the, won the and fault played of well. the media. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, that kind exactly. of thing. Like he, and, he won and, completed 80% of his passes. Yeah. Okay. I Yeah. Interesting. Like it is what it is, right? Like he, he played well, they won, who cares? All, all that matters is winning. Right. And that's why I think when they win, it's all that matters is winning. When they lose, it's why did they lose? It's kind of a philosophy, a philosophy to approach things. I also think it's part of the media's fault. And I'm not talking about legit journalists. It's, it's funny with the Ben Bolin stuff. You know, there's been a lot of talk the last 24 to 48 hours about journalists and, and who's legit, who's not legit. And, you know, our radio host journalists. No, they're not. Radio hosts are not journalists. TV talking heads mostly are not journalists. Beat writers, guys that follow the team, women that follow the team and write about the team and have legitimate sources and all of that stuff. Those are journalists. And, uh, you know, I, I think... You know, the, the radio aspect of all of this has really taken over in some of the podcast space where, you know, men and women in the media, some of them, not all of them, they go the hot take route. They go, again, with the, the lowest common denominator, simplest kind of debate and conversation, the whole keep it silly, uh, keep it you know simple, silly and all that kind of stuff. You know, all of those things weigh in. They're all different factors that you put into one big bucket as to why fans philosophically look at things the way they do. And I also just think that inherently some fans, they err on the positive and optimistic side. And, and when things are going well, again, they, they kind of just say, hey, they won. That's all that matters. On to the next one. And, and if they lose, it's, well, why did that happen? So I, I think it's a, a very difficult answer because it's, really dependent on who's who's answering the question for you as a fan. Uh, but I, I think it's a lot of those different things that I hit all kind of the perfect storm into one where you get the people that that push back and, and they don't want to pay attention to the context. I agree with you for what it's worth that, you know, I, I don't think Mac is getting pushed. I don't think Mac is in danger of losing his job. I think the play calling has been obviously different since Mac's been been down i think they've played teams that aren't good green bay just got easily dismantled by the jets last week at lambeau you know we we talked about cleveland we we talked about detroit there's a reason why you know we nailed those predictions when we did about the games because they just weren't good defenses you and i knew the quarterbacks on those teams weren't great and those defenses weren't great and that bailey zappy had a chance to win those games and he should have won those games and he did win those games so tip of the cap to him uh so i, I just think you know, when, when we look at it, it's our job to put it in perspective and to try to add that context. It's not really the fan's job. The fan's job is to watch the games and enjoy football. That's what they're worried about. Yeah. So, you know, some yeah, of these I mean, people on Twitter, they go back because yeah. they love to. Yeah, Nick, um, those are all interesting points. And thanks for bringing them up and, and sort of giving me um, the other perspective. Uh, you know, one thing, one thing, you know, the, you were talking about sort of the, the media part of this and and look i'm not going to comment on ben volan's situation um 
it's just not it's just something i i try not to do i i uh you know some of our jobs are are hard and sometimes we make mistakes and and you know what have you i'm whatever Ben's deal is, Ben's deal is. But one thing I did want to mention that you, you know, you sort of talked about in the differences between radio and TV and, and journalists and stuff like that. Um, one thing I wanted to point out to people is, you know, look, um, a couple of different things. Number one, I've heard from a lot of people, um, including members of my own site where they say um, you've changed over the last couple of years. Um, that might be true. Um, it, it could be true. I don't necessarily agree with it. I will say my first, my first opinion is let's look at what's changed in the last two or three years. Um, to me, it's clearly the Patriots success or lack thereof compared to previously. I mean, they're five, they're 20 and 20 since Brady left. They, they crapped out down the stretch, even Brady's last year. Um, so they basically, since Thanksgiving, they have a, of that year, they have a losing record when we all knew similar to last year that their eight, no start to that season was kind of fraudulent. And even Brady acknowledged that at times, um, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot easier. It's a lot different. Um, and I even think this goes for journalists doing the job. It's a lot easier when the team's winning all the time to write, to talk about the team, right? Uh, people really, yep. people love to hear great things about their teams. And it was a lot easier to write that. Uh, but you know, when they're struggling, you can't keep your head in the sand. I mean, that's why I've always, I've always stayed my, at the end of the day, I try to stay, stay true to the film because I think the, the film never lies. Sometimes I can make mistakes with that film, but it does give me a sense of confidence when I give my opinion on things. And I'm not saying I'm right all the time. I'm not right all the time. Nobody is. Um, but the other thing I wanted to acknowledge is like, you know, look, it, times have changed in the media game. Um, you know, there, when I first started at the Boston Globe, um, really when I was at the Boston Globe, and even when I went to Sports Illustrated, I could pretty much stay in my lane um, and just sort of write X's and O's stuff and stay right down the middle and all that stuff and stay out of the opinion game largely which which I like to do, I would prefer to do. But, you know, since I started BSJ and sort of the the, the changing media landscape, like, you know, whether it's Felger and Maz or on this podcast or on my site, like people want to know what I think. And, you know, and that goes for all media, not just me, but I have to give my opinion more. And, and you know, do I like it? No. Would I, would I rather do it the way I used to do it? Yeah. But the, the game has just changed. And uh, I just try to, even though I'm un that's uncomfortable for me, I still try to stay fact-based, film-based, analytics-based, anything that I can do to back up my opinion. I, I just, I very rarely just give you my opinion. If, if, I, if I give you my opinion, I have data to back it up. And that even goes back to when I was at the Globe. And that's something that I told Belichick, Brady, and Kraft when I started on this beat, when I met with each of them. I said, you know, look, anything that you can help me do to stay uh, fair and fact-based and balanced and, and um, in my coverage, I would greatly appreciate it. And that was reciprocated by all of them. And it continues to be um, to this day. And so I, I just wanted to make those things clear because I think, uh, I think it's a good time to sort of, you know, talk about that stuff a little bit. 
you and I could do, I think an <laughs> hours long podcast on this, on this stuff. Uh, just a couple of things, because I will comment on Ben Volan in a minute or two, because I feel comfortable in doing so. Mm-hmm. But looking at the landscape that you mentioned, Greg, there's a lot of factors that go into what we do on a daily basis. And when you're on the outside looking in, and this, this is not to mean like, oh, you don't understand to people listening. It, mm-hmm. It's just, it's what we do for our career. It's our profession. It's like, you know, if, if somebody has a, a special skill and, and, and they're working, they're a mechanic or something, you know, I don't know everything that goes into being a mechanic. Even if I knew something about cars and I loved cars, I don't necessarily know how to screw around with a carburetor. Like, so when we talk about the radio business, there's so many different levels to why people do what they do, why they talk the way they talk, why they present and deliver things the way they present and deliver them. You know, it's been a battle for me personally being a radio host because I am not the hot take guy. I don't enjoy throwing stuff up against the wall. I'm very opinionated, but usually, you know, when even, even in the strongest of opinions that I have, I try to have something tangible to go to and attach it and say, this is why I feel this way and give people the evidence. I do think people, some of them in my business are lazy. I do think they're complacent. I do think they grab the lowest hanging fruit because they do 20 or 25 hours of radio a week. And people might say, oh, that's not that big of a deal. Trust me, folks. When you're doing <laughs> yeah. 20 hours of radio a week and you're reading what you're reading and you're watching what you're watching and you're just trust me, there's a lot more work that goes into it than it might seem. And the truly best at what I do in this business, the truly best of them, they might make it look easy because they're that good at it. So just, just, just try to put that in perspective and, and, and just to shed some light in, in Greg's position, I don't want to speak for Greg. I, I do think people are interested in this stuff. So mm-hmm. put, put Greg's, we talk about context, put Greg in context with the Felger and Mass show. Greg has two hours to go in there, which about 41 minutes each hour, 42 minutes, depending on breaks. He, he's got about 90 minutes a week to get all of his thoughts out there, his ideas, his film work. Um, some of the stuff that he's been sourcing and this is not to defend Greg. If Greg gets something wrong, he gets something wrong. Not, you know, nobody's perfect, but I just want to, again, put it into context. He's walking into a, a wood chipper. Felger and Maz is a wood chipper. I've been in it. Greg's in it weekly. And so Felger and Maz, they are the ones that dictate the conversation and they will ask questions of Greg and Greg, yes, there's prep work done and there's an email chain and Felger is very, very deliberate about that stuff and methodical, but still, you know, Greg is on that show and he is at the behest of the hosts. If Greg, it's not like Greg can take the football and run it for himself and say, screw you guys. This is the Greg Bedard show now. I mean, it it just, it can't happen. So it was, it was similar with me and Adam Jones, you know, and, and I love Adam and I think Adam's, you know, good at what he does. But, you know, there was there was the constant like, you know, battle that people heard. And it was because, you know, Adam does his show his way and I do my radio a different way. And so sometimes, yeah, it's really difficult, especially when you're doing five hours a night to be able to just kind of, okay, well, yeah, I agree with you. We're just going to move. So just put it in perspective. As far as Volan goes, look, I think what happened is inexcusable. I have a, I might not be a journalist, but I do have 
my BA in journalism. I went to college for journalism. My initial plan was to be a legit journalist until one of my professors told me that they don't make money and the computer is going to take over. So, you know, I, I do know some about this stuff and you just, you, you have to vet your sources. You, you have to check two, three times on things that you're going to go put out there in the public at you know, in the public sphere. You cannot take a DM from somebody that you don't know and not vet it and go out there on the radio in a market, especially like Boston and say what you said. Uh, it's irresponsible. It's inexcusable. And it's, it's, I also think it damages other journalists that do their jobs professionally. It damages the Jeff Howes, the Mike Reese's, the Greg Bedard's, the Mike Giardi's. I can go on and on the Evan Lazar's. And, you know, I got back and forth with somebody on Twitter and it didn't get ugly, but I got back and forth with somebody on Twitter yesterday and it was like the minority. Cause I said, you know, there's, there's, there's the minority that don't do their job the way they should. And somebody pushed back and said, minority, how about this guy and that guy? And they threw you in there as well. And Tom Kern. And, and I was like, look, even if you name five or even if you name five people or six people, even if there are so many, you know, Karen is another name that, that does her job impeccably. There, there, there are so many, the Patriots.com guys. Yes. It's sunshine radio and all that fun stuff that they have, but there are so many people doing the work. So many people that have the sources and vet the sources. Does it mean that Greg's been right all the time? No. And I'm sure Greg would tell you that. I'm sure he got something from a source or two that ended up not being true. The idea is that when you're a journalist, you have to get sourcing and you have to put your trust in those sources that you have, that they're telling you legitimate information. At all times, you also know they have agendas themselves because they're human beings. And sometimes when you're trying to sift through all of it, yeah, a crack slips through. It happens to everybody. Have you done your job flawless, whether you're a nurse or a doctor or a mechanic or a custodian or a front desk coordinator? Have you always done your job 100% correctly and got nothing wrong, never made a mistake? Did you ever put trust into other people that might have used that trust against you? And there was nothing at the end of the day that you could have done. Again, we have to keep it in perspective as far as what journalists do and that they're not always going to be flawless. But there is no excuse for what Ben Volan did. Uh, let's jump to uh, the Athletic Greens, Greg, before we talk about the AFC East. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to make sure I was getting all the vitamins and nutritional supplements I needed in one place. Now I've been on it for a month or three months, sorry now, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy, even though it's a green juice. People will like green juice, bleh. but I'm telling you, it has a kind of a mild tropical taste, a little minty, and I actually look forward to it each morning. I'm telling you. So what is this stuff? With one scoop of delicious AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things you're looking for. I take it first thing in the morning. It's now part of my routine, and I'd be lost without it. I love how it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. 
All you have to do is get, is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bedard. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Bedard to take ownership over your health and pick up the daily nutritional insurance. Let's look at this division. AFC East, we, we look at all the records and all the teams. Greg, where do you think the Patriots kind of slide in to this division right now? Uh, <laughs> Good question. I mean, I, look, I think <laughs> I think Buffalo's far and away the best team in the division. I think they've actually done a pretty good job of navigating a very difficult early part of their schedule. Uh, I, you know, that's been very impressive to me. Um, I, I think uh, I think especially with their, you know, they've had a lot of injuries um, in the back end. They got one of their safeties back. Um, you know, when you looked at it, the Rams, Ravens and Chiefs and now the Packers after their bye week coming up, you know, you looked at that and I looked at that and I thought oh, they might get off to kind of a slow start. Um, but eventually they're going to they're going to play the same sort of cupcakes that the Patriots have played. And it's in, you know, but I think they're far and away the better team. I think that, uh, look, I'm going to have to defer to you on the jets. I haven't seen them one single bit, not even on TV. Uh, I, I will wait until after the bears game to watch the film on them going into that game. I, I don't know, uh, you know, how good they are. I know I could just tell you from, you know, past years, guys like Jonathan Franklin Myers up front are guys that I have a lot of respect for on uh, on film. Sauce Gardner is there now, a cornerback, um, you know, might be a difference maker. And, you know, so Jets is sort of to be determined. They have a better record. Uh, what's interesting about them is they are going to. So they have sort of, is it them? No, the Dolphins have their cupcake part of the schedule coming up, sort of like the Patriots. But so the Jets are at Denver this week. They could be yeah. five and two. I mean, and then then they have New England, Buffalo, New England. They could go 0-3, come back to earth. They could split with the Patriots. Chicago, Minnesota, Detroit, Jacksonville at Seattle. They've only lost to the to the Ravens and and the Bengals. Uh, so they're to be determined. I don't know what to make of them. The Dolphins obviously beat you. I think, you know, if Tua comes back this week and stays healthy, uh, I think that they're better than the Patriots and they beat them and they have their, their layup part of the schedule coming up with Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, and Houston. I think Watson's going to be back for the Dolphins game uh, for Cleveland. So that completely changes them as a team. It depends. It depends. It changes how you defend them. Like the Patriots were confident. Well, you know, we could stack the box and not worry about Jacoby Brissett because he's Jacoby Brissett. You do that against Jason Watson you know, forget about it. So they could be, the Dolphins could legitimately be eight and three and go on a little running streak here, a winning streak so, similar to the Patriots. So that's sort of the way I see things. I'll be interested to hear your comments, especially on the Jets. Well, the Jets, you know, I look at them and I haven't seen them uh, at all, really, uh, just like you. I mean, just haven't seen, I haven't had the opportunity to watch them a lot. But when you do look at them, they're, they're similar to the Patriots in a way that, you know, when you look at their wins, right, they beat Brissett, they beat Trubisky slash Pickett. That was the game Trubisky left. They, they, they put Pickett in for the second half when they beat, uh, when they beat Pittsburgh, they beat Miami, but that was with Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater. Thompson went out with an injury. Bridgewater came mm -hmm. back from his concussion. 
Uh, and obviously they, they had a really good win last week against green Bay, but I'm not a big believer in green Bay. I said that before the Patriots game and I would have loved to see what would have happened in that green Bay game. If it was Mac Jones and not Bailey Zappi. I just, I think Rogers was dead on accurate a couple of weeks ago when he said, you know, we, we, we're just, we, we gotta, we gotta play better and be better. We're not going to keep winning the way we're winning. He said that after the Patriots game. And since then, look what happened. They went to London, they got beat by the giants and then they got beat by the jets at home easily. Really? I mean, so I just, they, they haven't really wowed me with any of their wins. And I don't think you could look at the Patriots wins and say, wow. So I, I think they're in a very similar category. I would lean with the Patriots being better than the jets. I think that will be the end result. I, I do think the jets uh, will come back to earth a little bit, uh, especially, you know, their defense when they start playing some, some tougher teams, Miami, I would say is a, a tick above the Patriots. I mean, like you said, they, they beat the Patriots. So head to head Miami proved they were the better team. Will that be the case by the end of the year? I don't know, but right now they are the better team, especially with Tua coming back and, and with the schedule they have coming up. So I would have the Patriots likely, you know, third in, mm-hmm. in the division right now. Um, and, and that's dependent on, you know, Mike McDaniel, I don't want to anoint him yet either. You know, I thought people kind of went yep. bananas about McDaniel offense because they had one unbelievable electric half against Baltimore who blew like three coverages. If you look at, if you look at some of their other games, the way they were playing, it wasn't like they were going, you know, absolutely haywire offensively. So pump the brakes a little bit on McDaniel. Let's see how, you know, this all comes together after teams have a bunch of film. And I still am not the biggest believer in Tua. I think you know, with Waddle and, and Hill, that obviously makes his job much easier. There were still alarming plays in that Patriots game that I can't turn a blind eye to. And I've seen him several times, even even when he got concussed. Look, not going to blame him for the concussion, okay? But that was a sack you can't take. I mean, and, and he takes sacks that you can't take. He makes mistakes. He puts the ball up in places at times that he shouldn't. Uh, so I still want to see him as a quarterback through a full season before I sit there and go, Oh no, two is two is nails. So we'll see how all of that comes together. But right now the Patriots are third in that division. All right. Before we get to our uh, game pick, Greg, tell the fine people about betonline.ag. Yeah. Uh, football is back. And Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. Also, NBA back in and NHL. How about them Celtics off to? Uh, yeah, baby. Uh, the uh, the Sixes. I just uh, you, Jason. I tweeted this the other night at Nick C Radio. At Nick C Radio, I tweet. I saw Jason Tatum Tuesday night against Philly. That was one of the best games he's played in his NBA career, especially in the regular season. I, I thought he made the responsible, smart, right basketball play almost every single possession on both ends of the floor. And if he continues to get to the rim and be able to get through contact and finish at the basket, like he has in the preseason and the first game on Tuesday night, watch out. I think Tatum starts to be a part of that MVP conversation. If, if he plays at that kind of level, we're talking about a top three to five player in in the league. Good to hear beast mode you'll always find the latest football odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online and as your continued source for all your sports wagering information bet online features live betting i checked that out the other day it's kind of cool free contests and live scores and giveaways all season long always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events bet mlb mma tennis tennis boxing and even golf 
Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use your promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. I just want to point out, shout out to the betonline.ag, like help people, the little chat guy in the corner, because I didn't get my bonus when I put in the, the code. I told them about it. They quickly rectified the situation. And, you know, let us also point out, Nick, I don't know. We might have to put, we're so hot with these picks. We might, I might have to put, leave my, I might have to put it behind the paywall at BSJ. Like, I mean, we can't be giving this stuff out for free. I mean, we're six and oh, I, I had the parlay. I had the money line and the over last week. Like I'm scorching hot and you're right there with me. Yeah. I mean, look, I feel like now that we're talking about it, we're going to suck the next three or four weeks, but yeah, we, we got off to a very hot start. If anybody in the gambling world knows uh, it's, it's streaky. Those, those hot streaks usually get followed by some cold streaks, but let's get into uh, this weekend's game. Patriots, Greg, uh, they are nine point favorites Monday night football. The over under is 40. So a couple of points of interest here. Uh, I have not watched Bears film yet. I'm I'm taking advantage of the Monday game. So I'm going to do that uh, today and tomorrow. So my definitive view on this game will be at BSJ uh, at bostonsportsjournal.com. And also remind people that if you want to see sort of what we're talking about, about the information I give people with, you know, video analysis and play breakdown and player ratings, you know, my game breakdowns. uh, If you go over and you click on uh, my Bedard's breakdown for the Browns game uh, at the top, you'll see the link to three free articles or at least they've been pulled off the paywall. And so you can see everything, including my video analysis of the coaches film. so at some point I'll have bear stuff up there. Yeah. I can't wait to watch this bears film. Um, it should be Ugh. scintillating, but uh, look, pending my film review, I'll tell you if Zappy was starting this game, I might think about just taking the bears um, because I do think he's got to come down to birth. And I do think that the bears defense is, is decent. Um, and they seem to be, they, they seem to be getting some people back, but that Bears offense is freaking horrible. I mean, it's probably the worst in the league. Um, it's it's horrendous. And with Mac Jones, the other factor is Mac Jones is coming back. Mac Jones is not going to regain his starting spot. He wants to put up a 50-burger in this game to shut everybody up. <laughs> and I wouldn't doubt him and the Patriots doing that. And also, you know, he's very popular with his teammates, you know. Guys like David Andrews and, and you know, Jacoby Myers and those guys. And those guys might be like, hey. They, they hear the noise. It might be like, hey, people have forgotten how good Mac is. Let's go out and ball out for Mac and let's 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 light the world on fire. So I could definitely see that I'm banking on something like that happening. So I'm taking I'm taking the Patriots uh, and uh, I am going to my score. Let's say 40 to 13. So I'm going with the over also. Woo. Woo. Blowout city. Uh, look, extra day, this this being a Monday night. So you're giving Belichick an extra day and that staff to prepare for Justin Fields. And and what you said is, is accurate. They are just woeful offensively. I don't know, aside from turnovers in special teams plays, which you can't predict. I don't know how Chicago scores more than what 13 in this game. So it's, it's really, it's really going to be up to the Patriots. 
uh, as far as that over under and, and the and the minus nine. You know, can the Patriots get to you know twenty four, twenty seven, thirty one? Uh, I think with Mac back, they can. So I will also take the Patriots minus nine, and I would go over the forty. And uh, let's see if we go to uh, seven and zero on the season. Greg, let's get to Mick, the uh, BSJ member question. Real quick, I just wanted to point sure. out to people that um, just to give you give them some context, uh, the Bears are the 30th ranked offense uh, by DVOA efficiency compared to the rest of the league over at FootballOutsiders.com. Their defense is 19th. Uh, which is actually a big improvement over what the Patriots have been playing. Uh, they are 14th against the pass, 27th against the run. So that ho- hopefully when Mac Jones back in the saddle, let's see the same stuff, run the ball, run the ball, yes. play action. Let's go. Let's, I want to see Mac around the same as Bailey Zappi, 35% of play action. Like let's get it going. Let's, let's see. Let's go back to the old Patriots offense and just stay there. Can we please go back to yeah, go back to what you do well, please. Yeah. Uh, BSJ member question of the day, of course, uh, thirty nine ninety nine on the annual plan. You get all the great coverage, Celtics, Bruins, Red Sox, also Greg with the coaches film and the chats every week. Check it out uh, at uh, bostonsportschannel.com. Greg, what is the uh, BSJ member question of the day? So uh, Cape Cod Scott, who's been a great longtime member over there, he sort of asked, because I, I posted a, a story basically the Patriots ran the same play twice against uh, the Browns in this game, almost from the same exact yard line. If you look at the two, you look at my Twitter account or you go on BSJ, you'll see a picture. I put up a picture to start like a quick glance. Do you think these are the, uh, are the same play or different place? And they're the same yard line going the same direction, same formation, same personnel. And it's when they ran Myers at the top of his route, ran an in cut, uh, Zappy found him. Then the next time they came back in the fourth quarter and ran it. But this time Myers faked inside and went outside and he got a 27 yarder. Um, you know, so my analysis is basically about like, you know, I don't, if, if that play was set up by the run earlier from the same formation, you could say, I, I that's what I was looking for. And I looked through all the plays. Cause I wanted to be like, there you go, Matt, Patricia. That's what I'm talking about. That's play calling in the NFL. Now it was still a good play call. Um, the next step is sort of setting it up with the run earlier. He didn't do that. And Cape Cod Scott said, uh, I've subscribed to BSA almost from its inception. I've loved all your video analysis, but I don't remember ever seeing you compare a setup play and subsequent mirror play to illustrate Josh McDaniels doing this. Am I forgetting an instance of that? Um, so basically what I would say to Scott is, <laughs> first of all, uh, it's, uh, it's just, it's just fact. I mean, the Patriots do that, did that all the time under Josh McDaniels. It's also wasn't part of the conversation because he had 20 years of experience in Super Bowl titles and, and other things as offensive coordinator and play caller. So we didn't really look at that kind of stuff all that carefully because it was sort of like, you know, it's factual. I mean, it just, it just happened yeah. um, with Matt Patricia. It's different. He's never done this before. So we're, analyzing the play calling and how you do things a little bit more, but I'll just say this. You could basically pull out any Patriots game when Josh McDaniels was here, especially when they ran the ball a lot. And I can almost guarantee you they ran the same run action with a guard pulling. They would run a, they would run a running play with the guard pulling. And then later in the game, they came back 
ran play action off of that. Think about Rob Gronkowski over the middle. I mean, how many times did you see that? Guard pull, play action, boom, Rob Gronkowski down the middle of the field. That's what I'm talking about. That's not actually you know, great play calling is not an example of advanced stuff that you see some of the stuff on film around the league, but that's just a basic example of, you know, the run and the run action setting up and giving you a better big play in the passing game later in the, in the game. There you go. There you have it. Scott and Cape Cod. Hopefully uh, Greg addressed your question as well as you were hoping he would. He's Greg Bedard. I'm Nick Cattles. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with, you guessed it, Nick Cattles, brought to you by Athletic Greens, the betonline.ag. Monday Night Football, Bears, Patriots. We'll be back next week uh, to recap that game and uh, hopefully talk about another victory for the Patriots. If not, they're going to have some explaining to do. That's for sure. Until then, be well, be good, and be healthy.